0: Our lesson this morning comes from the first chapter of Paul's letter to the Colossians, starting in the 11th verse. May you be made strong with all strength that comes from His glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in Him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, And through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Last Saturday night, the preacher was getting ready to crawl into bed and go to sleep. Getting ready for a Sunday of preaching. So I was channel surfing, and there on Channel 247, TBS, I found it. A very familiar introduction with familiar scenes, familiar theme music. It was the first showing this season of a Christmas story. And I knew I was in trouble because, as many times as I have seen a Christmas story, I have to sit there and wonder if Ralphie is going to get his Red Rider carbine action 200 shot range model air rifle. I wonder because Ralphie's always hearing what? Yes, you'll shoot your eye out. And I I love the nostalgia about it. I I love the nostalgia about the Christmas parade, uh, the standing in line at the department store to see Santa Claus, because who does that anymore? I can't even order books during this period of Advent because I can't go to our Amazon account because in the basket there will be what I'm going to receive for Christmas. i can't spy it out. I confess, no, I'm not going to spy it out, okay? I I won't look. I won't look. But, you know, having kids around and grandkids around, you just, you long for the good old days of a simple Christmas of um, simple times and simple gifts. Tamara and I have really stopped giving gifts to each other, and here's what we do. She orders and wraps the gifts for herself so on Christmas morning, I sit there and go, I got you that, I got you. do you like it? Is it the right size? Yeah, that is a whole lot better, guys, than spending the day after standing in the return line at Walmart, which is what I used to do. So everybody knows what they're getting for Christmas, and everybody has pretty much worked that out, and we've all got our wish list in the same year, or each year I want the same thing, I want peace on earth, and I want goodwill, and um if you happen to buy me a purple pencil, I'll be very happy. That's pretty much it. When I was reading the text, I, I thought that Paul had a better wish list for us for Christmas. He had a better wish list as we arrive at Christ the King Sunday. Here's what Paul wished that Christ would give us. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from His glorious power. And may may you be prepared to endure anything and everything with patience, while joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who's enabled you to share with the inheritance of the saints in the light. That's Paul's list. I want to be strong, and I want to be prepared. I want to have endurance and patience and live joyfully, and to give thanks to the Father but how do I do that? How do I get to that point of living that way day by day? Today is the last Sunday of the church year. It is known as Christ the King Sunday. Next Sunday, Equinox will be on stage for a service of worship. Mike will be preaching with you and to you. And we start the season of Advent. The church cycle starts all over again. And we're already getting ready for that Advent cycle with um, plans and, and preparations. This, is because Christmas falls on Sunday, this is the longest Advent season you can possibly have. So enjoy it. We're going to have great things going on. But Christ the King Sunday reminds us that Jesus is a king. He's not the baby in Bethlehem. He's not the holy teacher that walked through Palestine teaching the multitudes. He's not the suffering servant. He's the king and king, king of kings and the lord of lords. He's the one that spun all that is into being and into existence. He should be worshiped as a king and adored as a king and followed as a king. You and I have a king. We have one who reigns over us and governs us, one who protects us, and one who calls us into his service. So how do we get to this point where we live strong and we have strength and we are prepared to endure and we're patient and joyful and thankful? Well, I want to suggest to you that the way we do it is we get stuck on Jesus, that what The text says in the 17th verse is very important for us. He himself is before all things and in him all things hold together. All things hold together. He is the cosmic glue. He is the eternal adhesive that makes creation hold together, that keeps the planets and the stars and the cosmos in its order and orbit. He is the one that brings order out of chaos in creation. He is the one that makes us strong and brings us hope. And I want to suggest that if your life is falling apart today, it's Jesus Christ that can put it back together. It's Jesus Christ that can make you whole. You and I need to have what the Chamber of Commerce calls a sticky customer mentality. The Chamber of Commerce talks about uh, businesses that have sticky customers. These customers don't have to be sold. They don't have to be resold. There is no such thing as customer retention when you have a great product. These people are just going to come to your place of business and buy your product absolutely no matter what. Sticky customers is like getting on the tractor supply email list. I have clicked unsubscribe now for 14 straight days, and tractor supply is still advertising for me. Anybody want a horse because I'm about to buy you some horse feed? Them people are sticky. We need to get what's called a sticky culture, a sticky faith. There's a whole business movement designed to keep you stuck and sticky. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, all use it. They all watch you watching them, and they keep track of what you're watching. You want to know why your Facebook feed and your Instagram feed has so much of what you're already watching on it? It's because you're watching it, and they want to put things on it that you'll watch some more. My Instagram feed has two categories. First category, pit bulls. Pit bulls who've been rescued, pit bulls who are skinny, and then become fat and happy pit bull. I have a pit bull cut up. We'll not go home now when I bring him to the house. He comes to the house. He plays with us. He plays with the dogs. And I say, come on, cut up. Let's go home to your house. He gets halfway across the driveway and right there on the ground, all fours. He lays flat. He will turn and walk back to my door, but he will not go to his house. So I have to pick him up. Have you ever picked up a growling 70-pound pit bull? I say, you don't walk with Jesus. I do Come on, cut up, let's go home. And if I put him down before the step to his house, he would just stand there and look at me like I'm not going inside. You ever argued with a 70 pound pit bull? I have. So I have pit bulls on my Instagram. I have airplanes. I love to watch me an airplane take off and land, take off and land, take off and land. Before I get on an airplane, I'm gonna watch it land and land successfully, so I'll be comforted. I love what the airplanes tell you. In the event of a water landing, don't they call that a crash? What a way to say it. In the event of a water landing. So I've got a lot of I've got a lot of pit bulls. On Instagram, I've got a lot of, of airplanes on Instagram. And if you come and watch my YouTube feed, because Whitney's son, James, and I sometimes watch videos late in the afternoon, you're going to see a lot of Legos, you're going to see a lot of um, Spidey, and he loves dinosaurs and trucks. So that's what's on my, my YouTube feed, except for what Kyle McCaskill puts there. Do you know what it's like to see yourself on your You're scrolling through YouTube looking for something, watching. There's Doug DeGraffenreid. Reed. He does it to me on Instagram, too. I'll be pit bull, pit bull, pit bull, pit bull, pit bull. Airplane, 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 Doug DeGraffenreid. Reed. Oh, I hate that guy. Let me get rid of him. So let's see. Instagram goes this way, doesn't it? Okay. Ah, got rid of me. You ever wonder why your Facebook, your Instagram, your TikTok is the way it is? Because you made it that way. They have an algorithm that follows what you watch. They want you glued. They want you stuck on their platform. As a matter of fact, HBO and Cinemax and ESPN and all those companies have jumped to Roku and Hulu and all that. So you can you can cut the cable cord. And you can watch them digitally. Guess what happens when you're watching them digitally? They see you watching. They're keeping up with it. And HBO has already decided what they want to do is they want to keep you glued. They want to keep your eyeballs on their product so they can influence the market, so they can influence you, so they can give you more of what you're already watching. Why? So you'll watch some more. We live in a world that wants to get us stuck, stuck to their products, stuck to their digital uh, information or media. And I want to say if we're going to be made strong, if we want to have patience and live joyfully and thankfully, we need to have our eyeballs glued on Jesus. How do you like that? We need to have our eyeballs glued on Jesus. He said, Paul wrote, he is the image of the invisible God. Have your eyeballs adhered to or glued on Jesus. I finally got old enough that I am now considered one of the wise old clergy. And because I'm a wise old clergy, they let me coach... They trained me to coach, but they let me coach new young clergy. So hopefully some of the good stuff I know gets passed along and some of the old bad stuff I know just gets erased. And I have several coachees from the North Carolina Annual Conference and from the Kentucky Annual Conference. I have one coachee, she went to a church in June, and she thought she was getting a church at peace and harmony, and she arrived and about two weeks after she got there, they said, oh, by the way, we're going to enter the Methodist kerfuffle too, and uh, we don't care what you want to do, but this is what we're going to do. We want to we leave the Methodist church, and all we want to do is take our buildings with us. That's all we care about. This is a church that within a five-mile radius of the church over the next 10 years, the uh, County Planning Commission has suggested that there are going to be upwards of 7,000 new homes built within a five-mile radius of this Methodist church. And they don't care. So... As we've talked through her transition into this church and all that's going through, she's become more and more despondent and depressed. In the beginning of November, she said, um, we were scheduling our our call for later in the month. She said, my husband and I are going on vacation. I said, where are you going? She said, well, we're going to do the national parks in Utah and I said, well, you just got the first question of our next coaching call, because I'm going to want to know about your vacation. So Wednesday, we had that coaching call, and um, after I prayed with her, I said, so, tell me about your vacation. And she said, we flew into Las Vegas, and got our rental car and got our hotel. And then that that evening, my husband and I decided, we're just going to walk down the Las Vegas Strip. You know, they don't have anything like the Las Vegas Strip in North Carolina. So we wanted to see it. And I said, what was it like? And she said, it was crowded. People were everywhere. There are lights everywhere. It's bright. There's a lot of noise. But she said, I noticed something. Nobody was talking to anybody else. I said, "Well, what were they doing?" Well, they were looking around at the lights, but most of them were staring at their devices, flipping like this. "Oh, Doug deraffenreed, let me get rid of that guy." And she said, "The strangest thing: nobody looked happy. They're in Las Vegas, and they look miserable. I said so you're telling me the eagles got it right, that we have become prisoners of our own devices? And she said, "Mm mm-hmm. But then we left, and we, we went into the parks in Utah, Arches National Park, Canyonland, Zion, Bryce Canyon. I said, how was that? She said, I know why the Mormons stopped in Utah. It's just so beautiful i I, I just i can 't describe the beauty of 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 these these natural wonders and she said there's no cell service. nobody was on their phone, nobody was was walking around with their phone, and everybody was sort of in an all hushed silence. And the only information that people on the paths were sharing with each other is, saw an elk about a quarter of a mile down that path, saw a couple of turkeys on this path. And she said, we went to, to Bryce Canyon at night to look up. And she said, I felt so small looking at God's creation And I realized the majesty and the power of God creating this universe. And even as I felt small, I felt surrounded by His great love. And I felt as His child that no matter where I was or what I was going through, He was there with me. And that whether it was the difficulty at the church or whether it was walking with a family through the valley of the shadow of death, God would be with me. We need our eyeballs glued to Jesus. We need to see everything through the filter of Jesus Christ. We need to see the creation and the people in creation through the lens of Jesus Christ. Because when we stop looking through our own eyes and we see through His eyes, we see people we need to love. We see opportunities that we can address. We see the possibilities that Christ has given us. So Christ becomes the filter through which we encounter the world if we have our eyeballs glued to Jesus. The other thing we need to be aware of is how we engage our world, how we engage the creation, how we engage the church, how we engage living life on um, Monday through Saturday. I just finished the Sunday school lesson and I got to talk about Hebrew words and I never get to talk about Hebrew words and that's all my, my Sunday school lesson was about was the the derivation of the Hebrew word for truth, which is emet. And emet's cousin word is amen. And when something is true, you need to live the amen. So that was my Sunday school lesson, but I was much more loquacious. In other words, I talked a lot. So I've spent all week living in Hebrew words, and I've got a Hebrew word for you. Avodah. Avodah, that's your Hebrew word, Avodah, A-V-O-D-A-H, if you want to spell it, Avodah. It means at least three different things. Hear it in Scripture. God, speaking to Moses, giving him the commandments. Six days you shall work. Seventh day you shall rest. Six days you shall work, Avodah. Hmm, so it means work. As as God has given Moses instruction to Pharaoh, God says to Moses, here's what I want you to tell Pharaoh, let my people go so they may worship, Avodah. Wait a minute, does it mean work or does it mean worship? Right, you're getting it. It means work, it means worship. Third place for this illustration, the word appears 147 times in the Old Testament, But for me and my household, Joshua said, we will serve the Lord, serve, Avodah, same word. Which way do I translate it? Where you're catching on. It can be translated work. It can be translated worship. It can be translated service. And you've just gotten the point of the Hebrew word avadah. It means we ought to live a life that is integrated, that our worship and our work and our service all should come together in a stream so that we can't tell whether we're working or serving or worshiping. It's all congruent. It's all unified. It's not a silo where we do church on Sunday Then on Monday I do work, and then on Wednesday I'll find a way to serve Jesus. No, it is all a description of how we ought to live our lives and how Christ has patterned our lives to be lived. When Jesus sent the uh, 70 out, two by two, and he told them, I'm giving you the power to go out, You're, you're sheep in the midst of wolves, don't carry a purse, don't carry a bag, don't carry a sandals, greet nobody on the road. Just show up in a house, knock on the door. If they say, come on in, offer peace to that house. If they don't receive you, shake the dust off. Whatever they're eating, you eat. Whatever they're drinking, you drink. Take care of yourselves. You're not there to mooch off the family. You're there to present the story of God and what He's doing. So he's basically saying, go out and live among the people. And they come back, and they're telling these great stories that, uh, Lord, in your name, even the demons submitted to us. People were healed. Great things were happening. And Jesus pulls them off in a corner and said, Blessed are the eyes that see what you want to see, what you are seeing. Blessed are the eyes that are glued on me. Blessed are the eyes that see in How I've told you to live the power of God. Are you living Abadha? Is worship and work and service all the same thing? Or have you been given a checklist of what it means to be a Christian? We tell our children, we tell our young people, we tell them because that's what we were told. But we make being a Jesus follower all about a checklist. Young people, you're supposed to go to church, go to youth group as much as you can, read your Bible, pray, give money, share your faith, get good grades, respect your elders, spend spring break on a mission trip, and be a good kid. That's what you're supposed to do. And we have the other list. These are the things you're not supposed to do. Don't watch the wrong kind of movies. Don't drink. Don't do drugs. Don't have sex. Don't talk back. Don't swear. Don't hang out with the wrong crowd. Don't go to Cancun for spring break. And don't go to the parties. Dallas Willard has coined a phrase that sums up the way too many of us think of the faith calling it the gospel of sin management. History has brought us to this point where the Christian message is thought to be essentially concerned with only how to deal with sin, with the wrongdoing or the wrong thinking and its effects. Life, its actual living and existence, is not factored into this. or not factored in except in the margins. We have turned Christianity into a checklist in contrast to doing Christianity that makes faith work or creating a sticky faith, Paul describes a sticky faith where we deepen our faith and we deepen our trust and, and we're strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Paul says in Galatians 5, 6, In Christ Jesus there is neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. None of it has value. In other words, Paul was telling the Galatians, You can't climb the ladder of righteousness by coming to church and going to youth and doing a, a mission trip, you can't make yourself righteous and good and holy. And if you're trying to do that, you are leaving out Jesus Christ and trying to do it all yourself. Avodah. Where you work and your worship and your service All becomes one. You can't tell what you're doing because it's all one. And that's where your faith is strengthened, and that's where peace comes from, and joy comes from, and thankfulness comes from. It's from being transformed from the inside out. That's how your life gets put back together. It's from the inside out. And that's why Christ the King brings to a close the Christian year. We need to be reminded we have one called alongside who is called alongside to help and who can help us. I was going to do a survey, find out how many people you're having come to your house for Thanksgiving. The mob is descending on my house. At least three of Tamara's siblings are coming with their spouses, their children, their grandchildren. There may be a dog or two show up. Who knows? They're all going to be there. Our grand dog Thatcher is coming. wonder if I can introduce Thatcher to the pit bull. No, no, th- okay. No, no pit bull for Thatcher. And Tamara has actually started decorating. The Christmas tree's been up for a couple of weeks, but the Christmas tree has rules. Yes. First week, couldn't turn the Christmas tree on. Now I can turn the Christmas tree on, but it has to turn off as soon as we all go to bed because you can't leave the Christmas tree on until after Thanksgiving. The inflatables in the front yard can't go up until after Thanksgiving. The colorful lights can't go up until after Thanksgiving. We have rules about decorating at our house. Can't get ready for Christmas prematurely. But I know Christmas is coming. There's one item that's out that appears every Christmas And I know it's Christmas when I see that item. It's the scotch tape. You never see scotch tape the rest of the year. But around Christmas time, here comes the scotch tape. And it's good stuff. And the scotch tape brings order to all that wrapping paper. And the scotch tape brings order to all those ribbons. And the scotch tape transforms a box into a present. And the Scotch tape allows you to tape up another box and send it to your grandkids or kids far away and bring them joy. It's an adhesive. It sticks things together. And without that adhesive, you and I can't have Christmas And without that adhesive, we know as Jesus Christ, things in our lives sometimes fall apart, but He can put them back together. He will, if you will. Would you stand and pray with me? Father, for all that's broken in our lives, for all that's falling apart, we pray We pray that where there is brokenness, where there is separation, where relationships are fractured, that you, as the one who holds all of creation together, would put us back together, would restore our hope and renew our faith so that we might live avodah, where worship and service and work come together as one to change us. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Podcast. To find out more about Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityresting.org.